The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from, I usually say, sunny Arizona, but we've had a lot of flooding this week, and we're just on the verge of another round of it, so I guess I can say welcome to rainy Arizona, rainy Scottsdale. It's really nice for those of us who are not flooding because rain is such a gift on the high desert. Take a look at the blog, the self-improvement blog today. You're going to see a review of our guest books. You'll see his bio and a picture. You'll know that it's his picture because he has a big red nose. We also have some videos in the right-hand column. Be be sure and watch those. They're very, very good. Uh, The videos are getting better all the time, and these are just really top. Remember when you were a kid and you'd get a case of the giggles and you just couldn't stop? You know, you might have been in church or some other place. You knew you were supposed to be quiet, but you just couldn't get over the giggles and they just kept erupting. Now, I bet you smile just remembering those times. When's the last time you had a good old-fashioned belly laugh? I know it's not ladylike or macho to do that, but can you remember it? Wasn't it great? Has it been so long ago that you can't remember it? At our house, we laugh a lot, especially over the antics of our two resident clowns, also known as dogs. Shadow and Smarty keep us entertained all the time because they really are comics you know, just incredibly so. Now, there's so many funny things on a daily basis to make you smile, if not laugh out loud. I love the little LOL thing. Um, it always makes me smile when I see it. Humor is an essential in life. I don't know how you make it through story after story of hardship, suffering, and war that comes with our daily news. I turn mine off. I only watch one a day. You know, if you don't have humor in your day to balance it out, how do you make it without getting depressed and sad? Uh, I, I don't know how you endure the negative things happening to friends or in your own life without being able to laugh or without being able to see the light side of it. Laughter literally has the power to heal. We're going to talk about that today. And we have the world's only jollytologist 
to help us do that. Alan Klein is an award-winning professional speaker and a recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, a certified speaking professional designation from the National Speakers Association, and that's big, a Toastmasters Communication and Leadership Award, and he is a Hunter College Hall of Fame honoree. He's also the best-selling author of, it said 19 in his bio that I got, but I think it's 20 now and maybe even 21 books, which have sold over 600,000 copies. His books include The Healing Power of Humor, Always Look on the Bright Side, and the newest, Having the Time of Your Life. It is such a pleasure for me to introduce and welcome Alan Klein. Alan, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Hello, hello, and thank you. Um, You reminded me of what pleasure and joy and laughter I get from my dog. (laughs) I I (laughs) kind of forgot about that until you mentioned it, but like every day, you know, it's, um, I can't walk down the hallway without my dog rolling over on her back with her stomach up for me to, to pet her stomach. Absolutely. And it's, oh, it's yes. like a, a toll, you know, that I have to pay to get by. <laughs> I, I know. Aren't so they funny wonderful? Lying there I... with her four paws <laughs> up and, you know, pet me, rub my tummy, rub my tummy. Yeah, I just need you to scratch my belly. Just scratch, scratch. Yeah, and so, it, sometimes uh, it goes on. Tell us a, great... a little bit about yourself, Alan. Who is Alan Klein? Oh, who is Alan Klein? (laughs) Well, I think you just said a lot about me, but you know, there was another one spelt the same way that I do, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N, who was the manager of the Beatles. Oh, So he was a little more famous than I am. He passed away a couple of years ago, and I had to send out emails to all my followers saying, I did not die. That is not me. <laughs> so, Please keep writing. So who is me? Who is Alan Klein? Um, it's someone who has a mission to try to lighten up the world with a little bit of laughter and uh, finding change of their attitude and seeing uh, the humor that is all around us. And it is, isn't it? Before we get into this, how can people find you? Because you have such a great website, so much information there. Well, the easiest way is by going to that website, www.allenkline.com. And again, they've got to spell the two names right, and it's all one word, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N.com. Or if they want to email me, I'd love to get emails from your listeners. It's humor, H-U-M-O-R, at alanklein.com. Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to ask you the big word first. What is a jollytologist? Well, Irene, I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of I believe you you can be whatever you want in this life. (laughs) And and so... um, I actually went back to get a master's degree in the field of therapeutic humor, and um, my subject was The Healing Power of Humor, which turned into my first book. But because I studied humor, 
Um, ology is the study of, and in Greek, the Greek word for laughter is jelos, G-E-L-O-S. So I started to tell people I was a jollytologist, or not a jellotologist, sorry, jellotologist. And uh, people said, you know, do you make that wiggly dessert? And <laughs> I wanted to say you're on shaky ground. <laughs> so I changed it to to jollytologist, so it, it's a little closer to people understanding um, uh, what I might be doing in uh, in the world. How did you get involved in humor and and then public speaking? Were you funny as a kid? Did you grow up in it? And what made you turn in that direction? Actually, that's a great question because um, when I look back at my childhood and what I remember about my childhood, it was I, I was a very serious child. Um, I did not play well with others. You know, when the teacher always, my report got at least he plays well with others, I didn't get such a great job. Oh. I kind of... Kept to myself, I guess. So um, I was a very serious child. And then after I got married, my wife had this theory that as you get older, you um, get in your life what you missed in your childhood. And so suddenly I'm finding now that I am so much more playful than I used to be. But you asked me how I got into this uh, therapeutic humor field, and it started out of what some people would say um, a tragedy. And it was it was not a great time in my life, but my wife um, got a, a rare liver disease when she was 31 years old. Oh. And there were no liver transplants at the time. There was no <clears throat> um, cure for her liver disease, and she passed away at 34. And needless to say, Irene, that was a very, very difficult time. We had a... 10-year-old daughter at the time, very difficult time. There was no hospice at the time. But Ellen had a great sense of humor. And yes, there were a lot of tears. I'm not denying that. But the humor would pop its head up every once in a while and get us to realize that we could maybe, even for a couple of seconds, get a reprieve, get, get a little perspective on what was happening. Give you one, one example. She was in the hospital with a copy of Playgirl magazine with the male nude centerfold, and she said, Alan, I really like this uh, picture this month. Can you put it on the wall by the bed over here? And I said, Alan, this is the <laughs> hospital. But it was gay for that. And she said, well, maybe you're right. She said, well, why don't you get a leaf from the plant and cover up, you know, that part. <laughs> and I did that, and things are fine for the first day, fine for the second day, but but the third day the leaves start shriveling up, and we would look at that picture and we would start to laugh. And I realized, Irene, when we came home from the hospital, we'd remember that in- incident, and we would start to laugh again. And I saw how valuable the humor was just momentarily to give us a little reprieve. Um, from what we were going through to kind of, it was like a momentary healing. Like it took us away from what we were going through, gave us a different perspective, which humor always does. And so after my wife died, I gave up a business I had, went back to school to learn about death and dying, became a hospice volunteer and a home health care aide, and would notice how people often would use humor in some of the most difficult of times 
as a way of coping. And so that's when I went back to school to write about it, and that's um, started my career in, in speaking because I had this passion to share the message uh, with the world how valuable a therapeutic humor could be. That's really an amazing story, and you do still a good bit of work with hospice and with the associations that are connected with grief, dying in grief, don't you? Right. Yeah, I have a couple actually coming up. Um, I work a lot with the hospice uh, volunteers or the hospice staff um, because it's it's wonderful work those people are doing. They are like angels. Um, But it's difficult, and they get to know a patient, and then they lose the patient, and it's difficult for them. So uh, I go in at their conferences or to individual hospices and uh, just give them some ideas of, perhaps how they can lighten up, how that uh, death is part of life, um, kind of give them a pat on the back that they're doing such great work, and show them some ideas of how to get more laughter uh, into that uh, situation. And that's a great work. It's almost time for us to go to break, so I want to ask the listeners to think about where they find humor in their own lives while we go to break. <clears throat> this is Irene Conlon with my guest Alan Klein saying stay tuned. We're going to be back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Alan Klein. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about his work with hospice and with uh, 
the staff there as well as the patients. Alan, tell me, how do people manage, mainly staff, and, and you when you go in, because you know when you go to hospice that most of those people are going to die there. They won't be going home. They won't be coming out. What keeps them going? What keeps you going back? Well, I think, you know, I'm I'm not a staff person at hospice, but what I see when I do a work with them is how how much pleasure in a way or how much I think it's more how how grateful they are to do that work. How much they get because they know they're doing such important work and helping the patient and helping the family on so many different levels. And so they it's just very gratifying I think if you can do that work, you know, some people can't and they drop out, but those that can, it's incredibly uh, gratifying. It's like so, uh, I guess the best way I can equate it is when I give, a, say, a keynote speech and I get emails or letters from people say something like, you know, I haven't laughed in years and uh, you helped me to laugh. It's wow, a, that's a really sad statement. Well, I haven't but it's, laughed in some years. Some people have very difficult lives, you know, and they'll come up afterwards and tell me stories of why they haven't laughed and how grateful they are that I helped them see a different side of life. And so I think for a hospice worker, that's probably the same thing. When they get a letter or a hug from a family member, how gratifying that is, and that's probably what nurtures them um, and keeps yeah. them going. When you have someone in hospice, it's those workers are so absolutely amazing and wonderful, and they do try to bring humor into the room when they right. come. They'll, yeah, in. they because they, you know, I, as a hospice volunteer, I used to go to the staff meetings and we talk about each patient, and often there would be humor, you know, at those meetings. Um, I remember there was one patient I was working with. Um, the wife quit her job, went out because she felt she was taking care of her husband. Very close couple. They never had any children. The wife went out um, and got a whole nurse's outfit with the the cap, the white cap, and the white shoes, and and <laughs> the. Uh, one of the uh, hospice nurses came in and, like, who was not even in a white outfit because they often don't have that. They wear days. scrubs or something pretty. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it was kind of funny imagining the wife, like, like doing all this, you know, and making believe she was a nurse and dressing up in this costume. And um, so there was kind of that kind of laughter. Um, and then I remember one, I think she was my second patient, um, that I, I laughed because of what happened. And the situation was I went in to see this woman. She was lying on the couch and she was watching dating game and we would not say anything to each other. She wouldn't say anything for like 20 minutes, a half hour. And I was becoming frustrated because I felt I was a new volunteer and I was supposed to help the patient, and here I'm doing nothing. So I said to her, listen, I come, you know, twice a week. I want to help you. I'm a volunteer. What could I do? And she said, do you know how to dance? <laughs> uh. And I thought, well, 
doing whatever the patient wants. So I got up, I think the music of Dating Game was playing on TV, and I got up in disco to Dating Game, and I <laughs> sat down, and she, I said, how was that? And she kind of shrugged her shoulders. And again, there was a long, long period of silence, and then I getting more and more frustrated. I'm a volunteer. I'm supposed to help this person. So I said, listen, is there anything I can do? I really want to help you. And she was quiet for a while, and then she said, Yes, you could leave. <laughs> and the family came back. I didn't tell them what happened, but I went back to the hospice office, told the staff the story, and they were rolling on the floor with laughter. And they said, if you could only see yourself with a camera, dancing around, discoing to dating game music, <laughs> how funny that is. And I start laughing, too. But uh, it was, you know, in hindsight, which is often the case, we see the funny of it, of the situation. But more than that, even, Irene, what I realized, that woman taught me an incredible lesson. And the lesson was, whether you're a volunteer or helping a patient or whatever, it's not your agenda as a, as a volunteer or whoever you are. You, you know, it's the patient's agenda. And if they want to just lie on the couch and watch TV and not at speak to you, that's fine. If they want to laugh with you, great. If they want to cry with you, great. So I was really grateful for that woman because she taught me so much. You know, uh, coming from hospice into, you know, let's get let's get these things behind us, I guess, is what I want to say in a way. You also do work with the Association for Death Education and Counseling and the World, um, world Gathering on Bereavement. You know, how can you bring humor into those situations? And those are situations that need it so badly. Yeah, I've spoken at those two uh, conferences. And one, one of my books, by you said I have 19 books, which is correct, and 20 is coming out next year. But one of my books is Learning to Laugh When You Feel Like Crying. It's about embracing life after loss. And I go through, and this kind of answers your question, I go through how somebody can go from loss to laughter. So the first section is about losing. We've got to realize at some point that death is part of life. I mean, Woody Allen humorously said, birth is a fatal disease. <laughs> yes. You know, nobody's going to get out of this world alive. It's part of life. So at some point we need to realize that um, and, and move on with our life. The second thing is learning, and I realized after my wife died, what I learned, yes, it was a sad time, but what I learned is that none of us know how long we're going to be here and that we need to enjoy every day to the fullest. And so it opened me up to looking at things that bring me joy and, and do stuff that brings me joy uh, in spite of having the loss <clears throat> and be grateful for the stuff I have rather than, um, you know, mourning the stuff I don't have. Exactly. And we talk about that a lot on the self-improvement blog, you know, the importance of gratitude and appreciation and look every day to right. see exactly. what you so have that's in your like life. That's like the second step of going from loss to laughter. And then the third is letting go because the longer, you know, grief is important, but the longer we hold on to it, uh, it's not healthy and uh I always think that, you know, if someone is grieving for years and years and years and, and not letting that go and letting it interfere with their life, 
then two lives are lost. The person exactly. who died and the person who's still living but not enjoying their life. And then I, the other step is living, you know, doing stuff that brings you joy and happiness and laughter. And the last step is finally looking for that laughter, finding it, and doing it. So uh, Learning to Laugh When You Feel Like Crying is the name of that book. And that's one that should be recommended by all grief counselors, I would say. Um, uh, Anybody who's, I hate to say it, in the business of grief, but there are. Well, you know, we're all in the business this. of grief on some levels. Um, yeah, we are. Because we all lose. Um, and whether it's our pet, whether it's our job, whether it's a relationship like a divorce, or whether it's an actual death, it's all a loss, and we go through some of those same feelings and processes. And um, uh, that's why learning to laugh when you feel like crying, those five steps I think uh, we can we can use to... Help us put that loss behind us. And by the way, this book is also an audio book, so if people don't feel like reading it, um, it's available at Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com. Is it out on a Kindle? Uh, yes, it's Kindle. Okay. It's um, maybe Nook. I'm not sure. It's Kindle. It's a actual book, and it's an audio book. Ah, see, that is so nice. Tell us a little bit about your books. You've written a lot of books. I was surprised when I got mine and found they were books of quotes, and I think I said that in my review. My son picked them up and took off with them, and I'm thinking, where on earth are they? And then he came back when he was going to give them to somebody because he loved them so much. (laughs) I said, I haven't even looked at those yet. And and Uh. I didn't know they were quotes. And then I was just... I was just amazed at how you put this together because there are quotes from people I never heard of, can't find, and they're so wonderful. Your books are wonderful. You can sit down and get an instant pick-me-up by opening anywhere. I have two of them, and and I kind of go randomly, and I put a quote on the blog every day, and now I don't have to worry about where I'm going to get it or what it's going to be about. I just opened up your book, and I give you credit. My son's in his 40s. I live with him. Ah, great. I'm kind of an old lady. We won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) You don't sound it. Oh, I'm blessed with young-sounding voice, and most people, you know, I have lately even had people ask if my mother is home, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) it's wonderful well you know my mother-in-law who lived uh, 50 days away from being 100 lost her husband several years before she died and the the sales people would call after he died and she would say something like well if you want Jimmy um, you'll have to go where he is you'll have to go to hell (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I bet that stopped him. Well, she was very feisty. I think it's why she lived to almost 100. So how do you find all these quotes? Well, I think the book you're talking about is the latest um, quote book, Having the Time of Your Life. Right, and so is Always Look on the Bright Side. Right. So um, what what I find is when I'm writing one quote, which is the one quote book, 
which uh, happened to be Change Your Life, a little book of big ideas. Suddenly there are, you know, that book maybe has 500 quotes, but I also have maybe 500 left over. And suddenly they they jump out at me and, and they all like, um, they kind of speak to me and say, you know, you could write another book about, look at all of these quotes about this subject or this idea. And so then I give that to my publisher, and they say, yeah, that's a great idea. Go for it. Yeah, they're so perfect so, for those of us who are in any kind of self-improvement stuff. You know, just absolutely perfect. And the Having the Time of Your Life book, the one that your son really loved, the newest uh, book, I, you know, I'm getting up in years, too, and so I was thinking, what is life? You know, why am I here? How, how could I enjoy this journey? And so I thought, God, those are really three great topics that, um, you know, I have my thoughts on, but I was wondering, what about other people's thoughts? So I start researching that, um, both, you know, looking through books, things I've collected on the Internet, and then I start asking, I'm a member of the National Speakers Association, so these are all people who you know, go around the world uh, giving giving lectures and talks and seminars and keynotes. And I thought, I wonder what they think about it. These are people who are kind of out in the world doing what they love to do. And so I start collecting some of their ideas. And so suddenly you can see how the book starts to come together. And as you say, you may not know some of these people, but some of their wisdom is, is quite wonderful. Oh. It's phenomenal. And on that note, it's time for us to take a break. We'll be right back with more. So stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. 
Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Alan Klein, the world's only jollytologist. Um, and we've been having actually a lot of fun. Alan, where can people find those books we were just talking about? I, I'm sure they're on Amazon. What about your website? How do they find you and your books? Right, it is on Amazon. They just have to put my name in, which is spelled A-L-L-E-N. K-L-E-I-N, or they can go to my website, all the books are there too, and that's www.allenkline, and that's one word, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N.com. Both places, they're all there. And they're really, really so very good. I I really encourage you. I, I have to get a couple more. I'm finding them really wonderfully delightful. Alan, on your website, you mentioned the five laws of laughter. I didn't know laughter had laws. (laughs) What what are the five laws of laughter? (laughs) Well, guess what, Irene? I made that up, too. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I I use that in all of my um, keynotes and workshops, and uh, I, I do that because it's an acronym that I use so people remember to lighten up. So the word is laugh, L-A-U-G-H, which has the five letters, and so that's the five letters of laughter. And the first one is to let go. We spoke a little about that earlier, but you really can't laugh if you're angry or frustrated or upset about anything or anyone. So the first notion of getting more laughter in your life is to start to let go. And the quickest way that I know of letting go of anything is to joke, to play, to kid around with the situation. So one of the very fun things we do in my programs is everyone, I give out a, a, a balloon to everyone in the audience, and then I ask them, you've got to picture this in your, in your head. Say, picture 500 people in an audience. They all have a balloon. They all think about some stress they're having and to blow that stress into the balloon. And then I ask them to hold the balloon up once it's blown up. And then when I count to three, they let go of the balloon and let go of that stress. <laughs> so, and I bet the whole room bursts in, out in laughter when they do oh, that. Sure, and you have 500 balloons yeah. floating around the room. And some of the balloons come down and you get your own stress back. It hits you. You know how balloons go like crazy when you release right. them? Or someone else may get hit by your stress. But my point, and the whole point of the exercise, is to play around with things that stress you out and start to release them. 
So that's the L is let go. There's more to that, of course, in the workshops, but we don't have no, <laughs> we don't have to talk about this one thing. So A is, of course, attitude. You know, you you. It's the simplest way to get more laughter in your life is to change your attitude and. I point out how Viktor Frankl, in a concentration camp, credits uh, attitude and joking with some other prisoner every single day. He credits it with saving his life, in part with saving his life. So I can't imagine doing that uh, in a concentration camp, finding the humor, but there is evidence how it helped him. So Yes. Change your attitude. You and Irene, I cheated a little here. I couldn't find the right word with the U. So you is for Y-O-U. But you need to change your attitude. You need to let go. Nobody else can do it for you. And then the G is to go do it. And in the Healing Power of Humor book, I have 14 techniques of how to do that. And so we cover some of those. Like having a prop around, having a red clown nose around. And and if you're upset or angry, put that on and look in the mirror because you can't stay angry looking like that. So go go do it. Have photo. I'm looking around my office right now. I have toys. I have a picture, an autographed picture of Woody Allen. Um, I have some Teletubby toys that people have given me because they know I like Teletubbies. Um, I have a rubber chicken with a red clown nose on. <laughs> yeah, I have to have a rubber chicken. Um, I have a sign that says Play Zone. Uh, what I'm saying, I have a picture of my daughter with a cream pie thrown in her face, which she wanted when she was a teenager. Um, what I'm saying is just have a reminder, a prop, something around to help you to, to lighten up. So that's the G, the go do it. And the H is really simple. It's just open your humor eyes and humor ears and look and listen for humor because it is all around. I'll give you one example. I was in a laundromat not too long ago, and there was a sign on the wall which made me laugh a lot. And the sign said, when the machine stops, remove all your clothing. Which, by the way, I did. (laughs) And and did you get arrested? (laughs) I'm not telling you. (laughs) (laughs) And and if all of those things fail, take yourself to the rescue center and get yourself a puppy or a kitten. You cannot stay humorless when you have one of those little pets around because they, they they won't let you. Right. They won't let you get too serious. No, the they won't. won't either, but they they take a little more care, long-term care. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk a little bit about the healing power of laughter. Because well, you know really- when you laugh? <laughs> I just didn't mean to do that, but I just coughed because laughter gets congestion up. And when you stop laughing, you've got to take a big uh, breath of fresh air in. And so you're oxygenating your blood. So you're thinking more clearly because you have more oxygen in your blood. It's kind of like a reviving thing. Um, 
And then chemicals are secreted, which help your immune system. I'm not going to go into all the little specific names and stuff of those chemicals, but the scientists have done research showing that certain things happen when you're laughing, and those are all beneficial. They're all therapeutic. So a good hearty laugh is, is uh, someone said, like doing aerobic exercise. And it's interesting that they've started yoga groups that are just laughter groups and they get together and, you know, somebody will start laughing until they're all laughing. I haven't been to one, but it sounds like a lot of fun to me. Right. I actually have taken the training. I'm a certified laugh leader. And and their their theory is that you don't need to tell or remember or react to a joke. You can just laugh. You can just do it, and there's all kinds of little processes they do to help people do it. But they're all over the world now, and they're in a lot of nursing homes because those people are bored and they're sitting there all day and maybe not getting exercise, so this is a little way to get some. And by the way, Irene, I, um, I focus more on humor than laughter, and even I use the words interchangeably, but there is a difference. And my simple, I mean, you ask the scientists, they'll give you this big, long, elaborate explanation of the difference. But for me, the simple explanation is that humor is basically changing your perspective and seeing something funny in a situation. And then once you see that funny, then you start to laugh. So the laughter is like the physical manifestation of seeing something funny. And even if you don't laugh out loud, you you can have a good internal laugh. I find myself chuckling about things yeah, all day chuckle. long. Yeah, because that's that's still very beneficial. You're changing your attitude. You you're seeing things differently. You're getting a different perspective, even with that little inner chuckle. Now, you've declared March Mirth Month. What do you do <laughs> to celebrate Mirth Month? Right, I started International Mirth Month because I realized, well, it was like a a preview maybe of April Fool's Day, but more than that, April is also tax month, and people get pretty stressed out about that. So um, I just started International Mirth Month just as a reminder for people to lighten up. It's also like nearing the end of winter, so it may be a time that people can start relaxing and lightening up too so it was just something i had an idea and i just thought okay i'm going to create international mirth month it's just fun to say it you have a (laughs) newsletter called the mid-month mirth memo and this is absolutely delightful it's not long i i think i told you at break this is the only newsletter i open and i open it as soon as you send it because it's always it's so uplifting how well, can I'm very get honored on that you list? open it because I know, like you, I don't. I get a lot of newsletters. I don't open them all, but mine is very short. You probably doesn't take more than two minutes to read the whole thing, and your listeners are certainly happy to send it to them. It is an opt-in newsletter, so I don't just send it out. So if they email me, I'll send the opt-in link, and they can get it. So. They just email me at humor at alankline, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N dot com, humor at alankline dot com. 
and ask for the uh, Mirth Memo or just the monthly memo, whatever they remember to say, I will uh, send them that link. And and you have a lot of things on your website as well. I I, I hope all the listeners will go to your website because you have some very serious things about humor, and there are serious things about humor. You have a lot of really funny things on there too. I, I just need... To caution them, though, that to give yourself plenty of time, because once you get on there, you're going to stay there for a while. Mm, thank you. Yeah, there's a good number of articles. Um, there's uh, links to research. There's some of my recommended books, not my books, but other people's books about humor that's on there. And there's information about my keynote and workshop speeches. Wonderful. On that note, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about humor in the workplace. So don't go away. Alan Klein and I will be right back with more. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Alan Klein, the world's only jollytologist. And I want to talk a little bit about humor in the workplace. I get the image of the boss going around telling jokes, and I know that's not what this is. And I know some workplaces aren't really open to having a lot of humor or even um, 
a lot of dialogue between employees. So what do you do when you go into a company like Motorola or um, I can't remember some of them that you have, American Express? Um, what do you do to help well, them? I, it's funny. I do the same L-A-U-G-H, but I give examples from their uh, industry. And it's interesting that you say Motorola because when I was first starting out the first several years, I was hired by Motorola to do 10 uh, programs. I think they were 45 minutes each. And they wanted me to do five each day to the different, uh, the different shifts. So one of the shifts was at midnight, <laughs> uh, these are the Motorola employees who are kind of on the on the line on the assembly right, line. Right on the line, and um, it was so funny at midnight because they were mostly kids. I'd say out of high school, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds on the line, and mostly I don't think they they slept during the day because they worked it from twelve to like eight or nine in the morning. So they came to the session, and nearly everybody was asleep. <laughs> and it was like the strangest thing, because they hadn't slept all day, and now they had to go to work. Um, and I realized that no matter who they brought in, probably could not have woken them up unless it was a huge sports fan. It was mostly men, so um, some huge sports fan. But um, basically, in my in my workshops, I I do the same thing, and I just tell people about um, you know letting go, changing their attitude um, to go do it. And and you're right about the boss. Some bosses are very serious. And don't allow humor, laughter. Um, some cultures, by the way, if you're laughing at work, that is, you can laugh with your family, but laughing at work is a is a big no no. And yet, and if they studies, knew how much, how me? more productive people are. Yeah, yeah. And and I was just going to bring up that a lot of studies show that people that are laughing at work and enjoying themselves at work. Um, are more productive, they like what they do better, there's less sickness, there's less absenteeism, because they want to be there, because they're having a good time. And some of the big companies like Google and some of the others, their whole environment is very playful. You know, they might have a sliding pond to get from one floor to the other. They might, I think one has a pool table so people can take a break and play pool. One company, and I read about it, it may be Google, it may be another high tech, but each person that has a cubicle designs it the way they want. So one person, I think, brought in an old, like, part of a railroad car, and that's the cubicle. Now, wouldn't you feel great about going to work if you designed your space that you work in? I'd love it, and I know some people who work at companies that won't even let them put a picture of their child on their desk. What a contrast. I wouldn't work there. (laughs) I wouldn't either, Alan. I really wouldn't. Something that, you know, I I really would like to touch on. um, You visited Israel and you experienced some of the bombing. This really touched me uh, when I read about this. How can you bring humor into those situations when bombs are falling and your family's there and things are happening. 
Yeah, well, it was a very scary and it's a very difficult situation over there. Um, How and, long ago and, was um, this? That you were there I was for there, and and the bombs were going off, the missiles were going off, and the counter missiles were blowing them up. And um, but what? Even in spite of that, I saw the humor, and and the first missile that was coming towards the town we were in. We were at a pre-wedding party, and suddenly the sirens go off, so we all stop, and everyone, like, tensed up. The, one of the funny things was they have a bomb shelter, and I thought everybody would run to the bomb shelter, and they don't do anything. They just stood there. <laughs> and from then on, whenever the sirens went off, I ran in the bomb shelter, and everyone laughed at me because they don't, they don't you know, this is a common occurrence, so they don't even pay attention. And and so they were laughing. Oh, Alan's in the bomb shelter. But the first time it happened, what I what I saw was everyone tensed up. And then as soon as the sirens went off, uh, this woman got on the phone, calling her son in Tel Aviv, and she was yelling at the top of her lungs, "Why are you outside? And you know you should be inside. The the sirens are going off." He said, you know, I was walking my dog, and, and, but then everyone started laughing, and of course they were all talking Hebrew, so I had no idea what they were laughing about. So then I asked when they were done with their laughing, why are you all laughing? Well, the woman was yelling at her 45-year-old son as if he was like five years old. Yeah. And, you know, it's not fall-down laughter, but I saw how that little little bit of humor kind of broke the tension and everybody kind of lightened up again, and we were able to, like, go on with the party, the celebration. You know, this kind of thing is so foreign to us here in America that it's um, hard to imagine doing a wedding and have bombs falling down right, around right. you. And then on top of that, trying to see some humor in the situation so you can get through It's yeah, well, they do joke a lot about, um, you know, about the situation, um, but it is a serious situation. It is taking lives, and, um, you know, I just hope and pray that there will be peace there someday. As do I, and I'm sure all of our listeners as well. Uh, we're getting really close to the end of the show, so I want to ask first, what's next for you, Alan? I know you have a new book coming out. You can't ruin my day. When when is that going to be out? It's due in April. Same publisher, Viva Editions, um, and it's fifty two ways to um, kind of take back your power because and and have a great day because I think we give away our power to other situations or to other people, and it ruins our day. <clears throat> and this this came up for me as a book because I was on my way to the gym. Uh, and I was singing a song, listening to the to a CD I put in, and I was being pulled over for speeding, and I got a speeding ticket, and I got to the gym, and I was still happy and singing, and and I told people I just got a speeding ticket, and they said, well, how come you're happy and singing, and you don't seem like you just got a speeding ticket? And out of my mouth came, I'm not going to let that policeman or this ticket ruin my day. And that brings us right up to what's the thought you'd like to leave with our visitors today? It's, I mean, our listeners today. Seems to me that that was a good one. <laughs> but what thought would you like to leave? Well, that's a, that is a good one, and they can read the book when it comes out in April. <clears throat> Excuse me, but 
I think the best thought I can leave is maybe your listeners get a feather and put it where they can see it every day and have it as a reminder to lighten up. Oh, my favorite quote of all time is G.K. Chesterton's, who said angels fly because they take themselves lightly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That's a great, I love that Next week's guest is Dr. Heidi Reeder. We're going to be talking about how to commit to win. Alan Klein, it has been so great having you on the show. Um, We might have to do this again, a couple more books down the road. Um, I think that the topic of humor is so important, always timely. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It has been a joy chatting with you, Irene. And I have to bring myself to say goodbye today. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alan Klein, saying thank you for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.